In answer to the purpose of life. So here it is. Okay. We're dying to know, Google. Our purpose is to live, guys. What does that even mean? There's no single correct answer to life's purpose. I mean, this just sounds <laughs> more vague than the word vague. You can't microwave this kind of answer. Google is going to confuse you, it's gonna frustrate you, and it's gonna leave you unsatisfied at the end of the day. Welcome to a brand new kind of video here at Wise Disciple. As we navigate our faith as Christians in this kind of environment, it's often very sly how we are influenced by the secular culture around us. It's almost so subtle. We're like the, uh, the frog in the kettle, you know, where the, the water is just getting hotter and hotter, but we're oblivious to this. To illustrate this, I thought, man, why don't we pit Google versus the Bible, Right. Uh, we'll plug in a topic and we'll just see how the answers line up. Will they be very similar or will they be, as I suspect, way off? Okay. The fact is uh, millions of people are using Google all the time. So the potential for bad information to reach millions is great. So let's see what we can do to correct that. Uh, so, so this is just a very simple exercise. I'm going to type in the purpose of life, purpose of life. And immediately I have some things that pop right up at the very top. So uh, there's a blurb here that says, your life purpose consists of the central motivating aims of your life, the reasons you get up in the morning. Purpose can guide life decisions, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, and create meaning. Create meaning. Interesting. Um, this is an article by Jill Suddy. Uh, many, many of the people I know seem to have a deep sense of purpose, whether working for racial justice teaching children to read, making inspiring art, or collecting donations of masks and face shields for hospitals during the pandemic, they found ways to blend their passions, talents, and care for the world in a way that infuses their lives with meaning, okay? But how do you go about finding your purpose if it's not obvious to you? Is it something you develop naturally over the course of a lifetime, or are there steps that you can take to encourage more purpose in your life? Interesting. Uh, while hardship can lead to purpose, most people probably find purpose in a more meandering way uh, through a combination of education, experience, and self-reflection. Hmm. Often helped along by encouragement from others. But finding your purpose can be jump-started too, given the right tools. Uh, so let's... Um, let's... Uh, it's interesting... Uh, According to Google so far, just, just as a simple exercise, we're letting Google try to answer this for us. I found an article that says that you find your purpose um, by looking inward and reflecting inwardly, you know, uh, reflecting on your own self, uh, maybe even uncovering your values. There it is, right? Your own interests. Um, let's, keep, uh, let's keep going. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to single out one or two things that matter most to you because your circle of care and concern is far ranging. Understanding what you value most may help you narrow down your purpose in life to something manageable that also truly resonates with you. Hmm. Um, I, this is, uh, I'm noticing a pattern and it's look inward. Okay, self-reflect, start with values. 
I guess my question is, where did the values come from? Right? Did they just magically appear inside of you? Or uh, did you develop those values over time? Right? So if, if the whole point, right, reflect on what matters most is that you, so look at this article, it says here, uh, prioritize your values. As a matter of fact, prioritize, prioritizing your values is useful for finding purpose. Hmm. Once you're clearer on your deepest values, um, doing this exercise can help you discover how you can put your values to use, presumably with regard to purpose. Okay. So, I mean, again, it, it just, why stop there at values? I guess that's my question. It seems kind of arbitrary, don't you think? You know, uh, we, if you're seeking purpose, just stop with the values, right? This this article, uh, it seems like it wants you to go inward and it wants you to press down deep, but then it just wants you to stop at a certain point. And my question is why? Why stop with the values? Why not investigate where those values came from? Let's, uh, let's take a look at this uh, Psychology Today article. Uh, again, this is one of the top searches when I typed in what is the purpose of life. Literally, the article has the same title. And it's written by a PhD named Mike Brooks. Why are we here? So here are some of the key points. Existence is a cosmic lottery that we've won. There's no single correct answer to life's purpose. Hmm. Okay. Um, as far as most of us know, we only have one life to live. The odds against our existence are quite literally beyond comprehension. Out of some cosmic miracle that we don't uh, appreciate enough, we're here. One chance event after another had to occur for each of us to be born into this world. This starts with the Big Bang, and it includes the countless factors that had to line up for life to evolve on this planet so that your great-grandparents randomly could bump into each other at a country grocery store. That's not how my great-grandparents met. Uh, neither on the Samoan side or on the Syrian side of the equation. Nope. Neither side of the family went to country grocery stores. Okay, uh, let's see. Can you agree with me, even partially, that there are many ideas about the purpose of life? Yes. Apparently, Google has collected a lot of these for us. Even if you already believe in one answer to the ultimate question, you still recognize that other people and groups have different answers to the same question. If there were just one clear, unequivocal answer to the ultimate question, wouldn't we all have the same one without any disagreements? In fact, would there even be an ultimate question if we all had the same answer to it? Assuming we can even agree upon the nature and wording of the ultimate question, the different answers can't all be right. I think this guy's onto something. If it's the case that people make up their own purpose for themselves, well, then of course there can be no one answer to this question. Uh, that means there's no objectively right answer. I mean, that right? It's all subjective to the individual, which, wait a second, gets us into some very weird territory. What if one uh, person's purpose is another person's pain? What happens then? Uh, what if one person's purpose harms other individuals in various ways? I mean, if it's all subjective, then who's to say who's right and who's wrong? Nobody, it seems to me. 
And as we pointed out in the John Lennox video recently, right, social contract theory is not a solution to this issue. Just getting a bunch of people who have, they, they agree, they have like minds uh, in this area, and, and then just forming some kind of social contract theory around that, that doesn't solve the problem of subjectivity. An answer to the purpose of life. So here it is, okay? We're dying to know, Google. Uh, here's what it says. We evolved so that we can live. Thus, we can also say that we live to evolve. So there's a circularity here. Uh-huh. Evolution is the process that allowed organisms to survive and thrive. Humans, along with every living animal or plant, owe our existence to it. Our purpose is to evolve during our lifetime because that is consistent with our evolutionary purpose. Thus, an answer to the ultimate question of what is the purpose of life is that, okay, here it is. We are here so that we can continue to live. Uh, so that we can continue to adapt and to learn and to grow. A purpose of life and our purpose is to continue to evolve. Okay, so here's an answer. Our purpose is to live, guys. What does that even mean? Uh, does it mean, like, to survive? I I is that our purpose? I mean, this just sounds <laughs> more vague than the word vague. Y you know what I mean? And here's another issue. Again, if purpose is discovered inwardly, right? So the arrow of discovery when it comes to purpose, it must be turned inward instead of outward. Uh, and we make it up for ourselves, essentially, whatever that answer is. That means there is no such thing as objective purpose. If there is no such thing as objective purpose, doesn't that mean that life is ultimately purposeless? Isn't that where this is all headed? That we're just a bunch of NPCs in a game that has no storyline because nobody wrote it? And yet we're told by folks that, you know, uh, to have, uh, to find the key to life, you know, and all that stuff, we must live for something greater than ourselves. You ever heard that before? Right? Except, wait a second, there is nothing greater than ourselves if purpose is subjective and we make it up. That's a tough pill to swallow. Unless, wait a second, what does the Bible say about this? We know what Google has to say about this, but what does the Bible have to say? Hey, real quick, I'm so grateful that you're watching. If I've earned the right to get your sub, I'd love it if you would just click the like and subscribe button. It would really help me to get the video out to more and more people. I really do appreciate you. So I'm gonna open up uh, my trusty Logos app and I'm gonna open Factbook here and I am going to type in the same thing that I typed in to Google. And apparently I can't type it in and talk at the same time. Uh, purpose of life. When translated purpose, okay, in the Greek, it may be roughly divided into two categories, divine will and human will. Already we see a difference. Okay, if the Google article is trying to tell us that we are the only ones involved in not only discovering our purpose, but creating it for ourselves, the Bible actually tells us something a little bit differently. We're going to get into a couple of verses here in just a moment. But it says that there is a divine will under the category of purpose, and there is a human will. Luke 7.30 refers to the rejection of God's redemptive plan by the Pharisees and the lawyers. In Hebrews 6.17, this term pertains to the unchangeable character of God's plan, namely his plan of universal scope that he promised to realize in Abraham's seed. And that goes all the way back to Genesis. Okay, so in the Bible, again, we are, talk, uh, we are taught about two types of purposes, human purpose and the divine purpose. In God's divine purpose, there is a plan that God has made to redeem the whole world. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, 
Verse 17, I will surely bless you. This is the Lord speaking to Abraham. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Interesting. But you know what? Uh, This plan that God has didn't begin with Abraham. It began with Adam and Eve at the very moment that they first sinned. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This right here is what is called the euangelion. This is the promise of one day, the woman's seed, which will be Jesus Christ, coming to uh, strike the head of the serpent. What is our purpose? Google says we make it up for ourselves. The Bible says we are actually characters in a grand drama that is being told and has been told since the beginning of mankind, since the moment of creation. Uh, Google says you are the main character of your own story. The Bible says God is the main character. You are a supporting character. That means we do not write our own stories. Uh, We find out what the divine purpose, the, the grand story is that is being told, and then we determine how we fit into that. You know, it's interesting. Um, Marvel did an amazing thing um, with, you know, for the last uh, 15, 20 years by telling these individual stories of characters like Iron Man and Hulk and uh, Captain America and all of them. And they had their sort of uh, villains that they had to overcome in the individual movies. But what they did was they they sort of put these elements of a grander story into the end of all the Marvel films to the point where they all, uh, the characters, realize that they are in the same universe. We, we call it the Marvel universe, right? And, and so all these individual stories then sort of come together and culminate, uh, you know, where they all have to face Thanos, spoiler alert, right? Uh, where have you been for the last 15 years? And they have to defeat the, the, the villain by coming together and joining together because now the whole universe is in jeopardy. What's interesting is, you know, a lot of us Christians, we, we sort of struggle to share our faith. And I think we struggle to share our faith because we don't recognize that what the gospel is, is really the story of the universe. It's the story of reality. And so we approach this as Christians as thinking, oh man, you know, like how do I... Uh, get somebody who is the main character of their own story to leave their story and jump into another story. That's not what's going on. That's not what's going on at all. Um, what we need to do as, as Christians is help people to recognize they are not the main characters of their own story. They are part of a grander story. The, 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 they're part of the grander gospel universe that exists. And so our job is to just point out uh, what's been going on around them, and what's been going on going all the way back to the beginning of mankind. That is the story that the Bible is telling. And once we can figure that out, that's when I think we can discover our purpose. So uh, now I'm back in fact book, and let's take a look at a couple of passages of scripture here. So Isaiah 46, verse 10. Actually, let me go back up to verse 9. The Lord says, I am God, and there is no other. 
I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my, here it is, purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have, here it is again, purposed, and I will do it. God declares the end from the beginning. He is telling a story. It's his to tell. And his counsel shall stand, and he will accomplish his purpose. And what is this great story? Uh, Ephesians 1. Let's start it in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. This story was written before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the, here it is, purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. Man, it's as if the Bible is trying to tell you what purpose is. How do we discover purpose? We begin with God's purpose. That's what the Bible teaches. God's purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, was to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Why is God redeeming people? Why is he uniting all things to himself? Is there a problem that needs fixing? You know what's interesting about this? Take a look at Ephesians chapter 2. So we're literally verses later in the same letter that Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There it is. The world is broken. People are broken to the point where the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1, uh, they are spiritually dead because they are living their lives according to a system that is wicked and corrupt, manipulated by the prince of the power of the air, the, the prince of this world, the devil. But by the way, does this sound familiar to you at all? Because it sounds like the matrix, right guys? And yet this is what the Bible teaches is happening right now. This is what it's always taught. And so what is our purpose? Our purpose is to know the one who made us and to live our lives according to the good works that God prepared for us before we were even born. 
This is objective purpose, discovered not by looking inward, not by turning that arrow inside of ourselves, but by looking to God, who will reveal to us what our purpose is and what we should do with our lives. And I got news for you. This is a tremendously personal God who is intimately involved with us. That's what the Bible says about purpose. The God who transcends the whole world that he has made has given us an objective purpose to discover, a purpose that is greater than ourselves, that, that gives us meaning and, and direction in life, that helps us to understand ourselves and our relationship with our creator. And this all intersects in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says about purpose. Pretty big difference, right? Listen, if you are struggling to know your purpose, look to God's word to find it. And be patient because, you know, you, this is one of the most important questions that you can wrestle with. And therefore, because it is, you can't microwave this kind of answer. This is the kind of treasure at the end of a, a, a long rainbow of a journey to discover purpose and meaning. But I can tell you with certainty, when you seek the Lord, you will find your purpose. A lot of you need to get out there and you need to start finding a good church near you with some good pastors who can love you and show you what I'm saying now. Go find this church. Go find these people and get the answers that you're looking for. It's not going to be from Google, okay? Google is going to confuse you, it's going to frustrate you, and it's going to leave you unsatisfied at the end of the day. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Run to Jesus. Bring your burdens to him. And when you find him, take his yoke upon you. His yoke will give you purpose. What do you think about Google? Is it a good source of information in these areas? Let me know in the comments below. Also, this was an experiment. What do you think of videos like this? Google versus the Bible. It was an, it, this was new, okay? If you would like more of these videos, give me some more topics uh, to look up. Just send the topic ideas in the comments below and I'll do it. Um, also like the video just so I know, you know what you're thinking. Anyway, if you made it this far, you definitely need to join my Patreon community. Huge plans, guys. The hugest plans for exclusive content to Patreon. I hope you caught the live stream on Wednesday. You can even join for free right now with Patreon just to read the Bible with me, just to see how I do it and how I glean from the scripture the truths that apply to my life. You can get exclusive access to videos like this before they make it to YouTube if you choose one of the uh, financial support tiers. And I'm very grateful for all of you that do that. Um, you can also join me for exclusive live streams and you can ask me anything you want. Um, so the Patreon link is in the notes below. Look, I'm going to wander off into the wilderness again. But I will return soon with more videos uh, next week. In the meantime, I'll say bye for now.